Hello, Alyssa here. Today, I am beyond excited to introduce you to a remarkable guest, a true warrior in the realm of chronic illness. Patricia Gomez is not just a fellow endometriosis warrior. She's a passionate advocate determined to rewrite the narrative around hustle culture and entrepreneurship. In this episode, Patricia unveils the transformative power of entrepreneurship in her chronic illness journey. But hold on, there's so much more. Patricia, a brilliant copywriter and communication strategist, is on a mission to help you discover your authentic voice and build genuine connections with your audience and community. Join us as Patricia and I dive deep into the raw realities of life with chronic illness. From navigating the emergency room in pain to building a safe place, your support system, the importance of communications in relationships, and so much more. It's a roller coaster of emotions. We laugh, we cry, and trust me, Patricia's contagious energy will uplift you. So don't touch that dial. Keep listening because I promise you this episode with Patricia Gomez is a game changer. Get ready to be inspired, enlightened, and entertained. Let's jump in. Before we dive into today's episode, it's important to note that the content we discuss is based on personal experiences, and we want to emphasize that this is not medical advice. Always consult with your healthcare professional for personalized guidance on your unique journey. I'm your host and chronic illness bestie, Alyssa Trulove, and this show is dedicated to honest and realistic conversations about building a life you love while navigating the challenges of chronic illness. There is no room for toxic positivity here, and I promise you I will never claim to have a magic cure for your chronic illness. But what I will do is share my real-life stories, provide genuine strategies, solutions, and invite some incredible guests to support you along your journey. You're listening to the Chronically Fulfilled Life Podcast. Hello, hello. So I am beyond excited to welcome Patricia Gomez to the podcast. I connected with Patricia over Instagram and we were voice noting back and forth and chatting and I instantly felt a connection. When we were talking, we actually went on a Zoom call together and it was amazing. Patricia's energy is absolutely contagious and phenomenal and I know you are going to love it too. She is a fellow chronic illness warrior and a business owner that is helping to change the stigma of what entrepreneurship looks like. So let's dive in and welcome, Patricia. Welcome to the Chronically Fulfilled Life podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much, Elisa. I'm very, very glad to be here today. We are so happy to have you. (laughs) So I would love to start off and kind of share what is your a little bit about your chronic illness journey? So the journey has been long, but I've only been diagnosed very recently. Like it really takes forever. At least that's how I feel. Like sometimes with this, like endometriosis or some other things, like it's not as easy to really get a diagnosis. I feel there's a lot of silent in in. In, in this as well. So I have IBS and endometriosis, a type of endometriosis that's called adenomyosis. I know a lot of people, they connect with myself. I'm a fellow endometriosis and sometimes I can't even say it, endometriosis <laughs> warrior. So it's just great to know kind of what you're dealing with. And you brought up such a great point that I know we talk about, especially here in Canada and Endo Events, an amazing organization, actually put together a petition that we filled out last year about wait times and how it takes seven to 10 years to be diagnosed, which is absolutely ridiculous. Yes. And like, especially I feel that like there's a lot of culture on managing pain and the fact that women have to like just bear with it. And I don't know, like I feel just pain is pain. We shouldn't compare ourselves with anyone. I feel that everyone's just like, oh, but whoever has this or like take a 
paracetamol. It's just like, no, if I'm coming to the ER with pain, we shouldn't compare our pain. Pain is pain, period. If I'm telling you I'm here and I'm, I can't bear the pain, that should be an indicator like to be serious about it, right? Like it's enough. A hundred percent. It should be. It shouldn't matter. Okay. If somebody else has it worse, I am so sorry exactly. that that person is experiencing that, but that doesn't invalidate our pain, right? Exactly. Just because somebody's pain threshold may be different, it does not invalidate your experience and your pain, right? So I completely agree with that. And to point it out, especially when you live with chronic illness, if you decide to go to the ER, if you take the steps to go, you know it is very bad. It is above yes. your baseline because I'm sure when you're listening, you're probably thinking, oh, I don't want to go to the ER. That's the last place I want to go, right? So it's not like we want to end up there. We don't want to be there. So if we are there and we're sharing our pain and our experience, it is freaking valid. And there is a reason we are there. We are seeking help. Absolutely. It is so hard. It's very vulnerable. And especially like at the beginning, it's even hard to voice out what those symptoms are. Like sometimes like I feel like, for example, with IBS and endometriosis, that's a lot of... Um, bloating and inflammation that can cause overall pain like in the pelvis area but like you cannot point out exactly where it is or for example for me right now I feel like cramps or I feel like overall pain almost like in the bones and how can I voice that out like we're not being taught even like to voice that out and be like okay be specific and like I don't even know how to like when I was having trouble even going to the ER it was hard to be like okay yeah I think I'm having these that it's out of the normal but I don't really know like it's just it's very complicated it is yeah you bring up such a valid point a hundred percent and one I am sorry that you were experiencing that because any of this pain that we go through and that you are going through it sucks. I'm not going to lie. It sucks. It's not fun. We don't want to be going through it. So I just want to let you know that one, your pain is valid. Even if you cannot articulate it, because it is so hard to articulate our pain. I mean, okay. sometimes I go in and I was like, I feel like somebody's stabbing me in the vagina right now. You know, like that is what it feels like. <laughs> Yeah, I was right? putting examples like that too, like to my boyfriend. It's just like, tell me how it feels like. And I'm like, I feel like in my stomach when someone like kicks you and like that kick and like if someone kicks yeah. you, but like over and over again, I just feel like that impact, that kick. I cannot voice it out any better. I cannot describe it better. I just feel like someone is kicking me and like that impact that, that you almost okay. have to like hold yourself because you feel it in your stomach and like your body shuts down almost for a second that you can't breathe. That's how I feel it, but repeatedly. Like, that's the only way that I can put it out. <laughs> right? And it's, and I also find, just like you did there, we think of these, like, wild things of how to explain it. Like, I, know. I feel like somebody is setting my insides on fire. There's a little pyro in my insides that are just lighting things on fire, you know? So we got to have a <laughs> laugh when we can, right? We got to. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that, though. Now... What we love to talk about here on the podcast is how we build a life that we love around our chronic illness. And even though sometimes we feel like we're being stabbed in the vagina, we can still create a life that we freaking love and building our own chronically fulfilled life. And I know that you have done that and you have done things to make that happen. So I would love for you to share, how are you building your very own chronically fulfilled life? Yes, I really, I really feel passionate about this. And I want to say I don't have everything figured out. Like that would be a life. I'd be like, okay, yeah, my life, it's absolutely perfect. And I have like the perfect system. It's not. But I think the little things are what matters. And that's why we're here, like to talk about like, Look, I'm not going to give you the holy grail. I'm sorry. Like what we're going through, it's not something that I can give you a pill or a medicine or even a checklist that it's going to make like everything vanish. I, I want to say that out. Like nothing's going to be the holy grail. Nothing's going to be a miracle. But there are little things that do help. Like when we're dealing with chronic illness, 
what we're trying to do is managing symptoms. And what we're trying to do is making things a little bit easier, right? And being a little bit smart about going on our daily task or anything that for other people are different. I don't want to even say easier, just different, right? So that's what we're trying to do here. So one of the things that I've done that helped with my journey, it's becoming an entrepreneur. <laughs> like, that's the thing. Like, I can't set my own schedules, my own deadlines, and that helps, right? Because no one but you knows what your day-to-day looks like and, like, what you're dealing with on that morning. Or So you are the one that knows yourself better. So being able to manage that and put your own schedule means a lot. That comes also with a trade-off and with a lot of learning and growth behind it because we're so used to being in a hustle culture and there's a lot of stereotype around being an entrepreneur and what that should look like. So there's a lot of growth behind that as well. I'm like, okay, yeah, it's it's fun to say I, I get to choose my own schedule and to be my own boss, but at the same time, it's not as easy when you're just like, oh, today I need to rest. And then the guilt and the blame and all those feelings hit, right? Because we're so used to just work that rest seems that it's only for vacation and not part of the journey. Or even like for me, it's something that it's almost strategic, right? Like it's it's part of like what I need to do. So we can get into that like later, like a little bit like in depth. But yeah, one of the things that help has been, of course, starting my own company being an entrepreneur and managing my own hours and my own schedule. The other thing would be, and of course, I encourage everyone in here to seek help. And I mean, like medical help, like we, we're here to offer support. But as far as I can help with my own experience, everyone is different. Like even other people that have endo or other things, everybody is different. Every journey is different. So please like talk with a professional, right? Like I'm not here to say anything else so first of all seek help and find good doctors because that's also a big big thing like I've been going on from doctor to doctor and I'm an immigrant so I had to start from zero in this country with no medical um, history or like no doctor assigned so it was again like another of those processes that I had to um, struggle and go through as an immigrant starting my life from zero and also dealing with some chronic illness and struggles so like it was a whole thing and i think being in the correct hands and feeling that you can really trust your doctor and feeling like almost comfortable or safe that adds a lot so finding good professionals and good help i think that that adds to the equation right because if not it just it feels like you're you're not being understood you're not taken seriously and it just creates even even more anxiety around the whole thing so finding the correct help. And after that, apart from yeah, managing your hours, taking supplements and like, of course, listening to all the advice that doctors can tell. The other two big things for me have been, because once you get a diagnosis, if you get one that it's valid for you, then now what? Like what's next, right? Like I feel that like, okay, I got after like a very long journey of suffering, I got my diagnosis. Now I'm home and now what? Like, I'm still suffering this. I'm still going through this every single month. I'm still like feeling all the feels, right? Like, and my doctor cannot say anything else. It's just like about managing. So what do I do after, right? Sometimes we just need to feel like to me, the most important things that's where I was going from, it's to create a safe environment. And that starts within your home in your most close um, circle. Because I feel that like when you're dealing with something as complicated as this, it comes to the point that it's not just you. It's also your family. It's also your partner or whoever it's next to you, right? And like when you're dealing with those things, because for me, for example, I live with my boyfriend and I think that we both suffered those things. So to me, to have a safe place, it can be your home or anything else but like when you're in such vulnerable state in pain to me it's very important to feel like safe and to create an environment that makes you feel like safe comfortable happy and that can look like for me like having paints or like christmas lights like behind me or 
music, anything, but like really have a lot of introspection and listen to what makes you feel at peace and at home and create that safe environment. And also educate or try like your family members, your partner, whoever is next to you, create like safe conversation around it and like educate both of us in that topic, right? Because sometimes like my boyfriend would say, how can I help you, right? Like people around us, is like they want to help, but they don't even know how to. If we don't even know what we're dealing with, how are other people going to like help us in those situations, right? And it creates a, a sense of like, I'm feeling impotent. Like my girlfriend, it's curled up in the couch, like a potato crying herself to sleep and I cannot do anything about it. So to me, first thing, create a safe environment and educate not only yourself, but also people around you and just like communicate what can you, what can they do to make you feel better, right? In those situations, like, oh, bring me the heating pot or this food always brings me comfort. Like I've created almost like a safe kit or like, like to pick me up from those moments. Cause I'm sorry, but like those moments are going to come and we're going to try to minimize the impact of all of those and create the life that we want. But there's days that are going to come. They're going to be awful. So you got to be prepared for those moments to, so to me, it's just like, what can I do in those moments to make me feel better? Those days, of course, I'm not going to work. Sorry to all my clients out there. <laughs> I'm not going to work and I'm going to be gentle and compassionate with myself. And then I'm going to be in the place that I feel safe. I'm going to light a candle. I'm going to do the things that make me feel best. And I'm going to voice out to the people around me, in this case, my partner, what, what do I need, right? Like, it's okay to ask for help and to create that. And last but not least, community. And that's why we're here today. Like, it's such a lonely journey to deal with these things and feeling like, of course, you're not the only one, but in that moment, you just feel like, why me, right? Like, or like, what is this? So being able, again, like your, your doctor already did what he needed to do, but now what? I'm still dealing with this. Entrepreneurship is already a lonely journey. You're in these walls, like the ones that we work from home, right? Like I'm in this environment. I don't see people. I struggle with my decisions, with my uncertainties, with my pressure, with all that it takes, like being an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur and also dealing now with certain external factors like chronic illness. Having a community means everything. It meant everything to me. And I just discovered this this summer. So pretty recent, because again, I just moved here. So I lost all my support network and my emotional anchors that were part of my life. Like my family still lives in Spain and my friends and everyone. So imagine like dealing with all of that alone makes you even more like vulnerable, right? So being part of a community and sometimes even just, just sharing means means all like to me when we had our zoom call and we were just like venting or ranting i'm sorry but like we're just like saying like yes this happened to me too or like yes girl like like i'm sorry you had to go through that it just creates something very very important which is validation it's your feelings are valid as you said and it creates support it creates validation and it creates uh, a little bit of i'm part of something I'm not alone in these and I can, can just just let it out, whatever is inside in my chest, right? And still a little bit better. It's just like that relief. I'm like, okay, I can do this because I have other people that I can talk to with. So yeah, community. Thank you for sharing all of that because I agree to all of it. It's incredible <laughs> and such valuable information that you just shared. And I know already what you have shared is going to help so many people. I want to break down a couple of things we, you talked about, though, because I think that they were really important. And a lot of these things are things that I touch on with my clients a lot. So I always like to kind of dial back to them and help to give practical ways that you can also put these into your life as well. Okay, so I want to go back when we were talking about your medical team. So something with that as well that I think is really incredible that you said is you were talking about creating a medical team that is a safe place, doctors that validate you and want to help you. So I yeah. want to remind you that you are the CEO of your chronic illness. 
You were the CEO and you get to determine who was on your medical care team. If a doctor is gaslighting you or is not giving you the appropriate care, the appropriate testing procedures, whatever that looks like for your own chronic illness journey, you have the right to find a new doctor. Right? And with that as well goes making sure your doctor's appointments and your medical appointments are super, super valuable. So ensuring that you prepare for those appointments. So making sure beforehand that you write down all the questions that you want to ask. You write down any important information, any of your information from tracking your pain and symptoms to what is going on, what questions you need to ask. Go to those appointments very prepared so that when you show up and you are there, you're able to get those answers and continue moving forward in your medical journey and your chronic illness journey. But also because we talked about this as well last time we were chatting is sometimes you go into doctor's appointments and you freeze. I can tell you countless times I've been there and I just start bawling. But I feel so overwhelmed. I just feel like I'm being looked down. I, I cannot. So by having all of that information prepared, you can hand it to your doctor. Let's say if you can't come up with the words and they're able to look at it and get the information that they need. So I think those are some really good points to be able to put that into action into your life as well. Yeah, like totally. And like being prepared helps. But also like, again, I just want to say we're trying to get this easier. But that doesn't mean that we don't need to be compassionate with ourselves. Like I want to say like, yes, do this, 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 and this to help you. But if at the end of the day you couldn't, that's okay. Like I want to say that message out there because it happens so many times to me. Like I'm a perfectionist and I try to be as prepared as I can. But it's also, as you said, overwhelming and like anxiety inducing. And like there's a lot that you don't know and people can make you feel a certain way, which again, it's not okay, but like it happens. And so if at that moment you freeze, if at that moment you went home and said, damn, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, that's okay too. And what you can do is phone after or like do something yes. after. Like for example, right now I couldn't, I remember a medical appointment, I couldn't ask what I wanted to ask or I forgot or like there's something else that came up. Well, when I got home, I cried and I told my partner, my partner said, we're, we're going to phone together. We're going to figure it out. So like there's other options. There's There's never a a point that you can just say to yourself like oh I screwed up or like it's done I lost every chance that I had no it's okay you got this and mm-hmm. it happened to me it happened to everyone doctor appointments are hard for a lot of people but especially if you're dealing with something complicated so everything is okay please be compassionate with yourself and give yourself a big hug from my end and and just be prepared but if it doesn't go as you plan Tell yourself that it's okay or even ask for help if you need it. Like for me, I, for certain very specific appointments, I asked my partner to come with me. And I felt like a little kid because I felt like, oh, I'm not capable of doing this alone. Or like, what is, I don't know, everyone want to, what are other people going to think about me? Like, instead of going alone, asking my partner to come with me. Does that make me less mature? or less valid as a person or less strong or worth it or like I don't know like those those feelings coming to me right and it's just like no it's nothing to do with that it's my partner is there to pick me up in that moment and we discussed we had a strategy going to the appointment feeling like okay these are the very important points I am going to try to voice out myself because I want to feel in control this is my journey and I have every right to say it out loud and to express myself and to get that recognition but if I can't, you love me, you support me, you're part of this too, you're there for me. And my partner was sure that no one was disrespectful to me, which happened many times. And like to say like, okay, no, but Patricia's saying this and you didn't answer to the question. We want to make sure what is this? Because this is scary. Before going to that procedure, can you explain one more time? Right? So want to say that out loud as well. I totally agree. Having somebody come with you as a support person. And I love that you brought up that that went through your mind, that I 
maybe I'm not mature enough or I look like a little yeah. kid or I need somebody. I'm putting in quotes, I need somebody. No, put that out of your mind because having a support person there for you is just like having another person on your team. Somebody that's going to advocate alongside of you, that's going to help you. Because as much as we know we are the ones that can advocate for ourselves, right? It is the Uh hardest thing you can ever do to advocate for yourself. So by having somebody, like you said, a safe person, a support person, it really does make all the difference because they can like, you brought up, they can help when maybe you're not articulating what you want to. They can help you articulate it. They can take notes. They can ask clarifying questions. That's another thing. Don't be afraid. If you do not understand something in a doctor's appointment, don't be afraid to ask, could you clarify that? Or I don't really understand what you're saying because it doesn't matter. Like you are not stupid or silly for asking the question, right? It's don't feel like, well, I should already know what this is. Mm-hmm. Don't, I don't want you to think that because medical, it's confusing. It's confusing. Yeah. And, and imagine- having something done to your body, especially when it comes to introducing a new medication, a procedure, a surgery, anything like that, you want to know what, what are the repercussions? Do I take this with food? What are symptoms or what should I look out for that could be something that is reacting the wrong way? How much time do I need to take off after a surgery, right? There's so many things. And sometimes doctors aren't going to give all of that information because for them, it's something they do every day, right? Mm -hmm. So they're like, oh, we're going to do a laparoscopy on this day. See you there. You know, it's like, (laughs) okay, so what exactly does a laparoscopy do? Why is it going to help me with my chronic illness? What Mm -hmm. is the purpose of doing this? What are the, what is my recovery plan, right? There's so much information. So do not be afraid to ask clarifying questions or like Patricia said, follow up and call the doctor back, call the nurse and get those answers. It's never too late. Yeah. I even phoned like five times. Like it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't make you any less of a person. Like, so phone as many times as you need. And like, yeah, as you said, like even your partner taking notes, because I felt that like sometimes after the appointment, when we leave very stressful situations in our, in our mind, after like, it's common to have gaps and to have like, just like, like, oh, I blocked that. Or I almost like went numb. Hello, brain fog. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So like, I felt like, yeah, I was present and I was trying to be conscious intentional present whatever you want to like phrase it out I was really trying but like at that point I'm just trying to hear the doctor I'm just trying to process and take all in so taking my like having my partner taking notes would help me to later be like okay did he say this or that I can't remember and my partner was just like don't worry I'm gonna read you everything that he said again we're gonna discuss it as many times as you need we're gonna look online if that helps you or not like whatever makes you feel comfortable say again and to my immigrant ladies out there, imagine going all through that you just said, but also being an immigrant and English not being your first language. And you just came here to a whole new country. And like one thing is to know the language well enough to communicate or to have a normal life in here and to go to the supermarket. And another thing, it's talking about a hysteroscopy. <laughs> like, like who will learn that in English Academy? Not me, right? That was <laughs> so not in the dictionary spelling yes. test. <laughs> Yeah, that was not when I had to do like my English test. That was not part of the vocabulary that you need to learn, right? Like, yeah, having all those words and be like, yeah, being in that room and someone tells you like, again, you need to do this. You need to do this procedure. And you're just like, is this a normal world word? And I just, for some reason, I don't know it because I speak Spanish or because this is a procedure that like no one knows about or like, again, I'm feeling almost silly and feeling in such an idiot if I need to ask because I don't know if that's something that everyone asks because what we're saying right now or is it because I don't have that as part of my vocabulary and I should be ashamed and embarrassed that my English is not better so like I felt all the time like also like com- the complexity of also dealing with a second language in in that scenario when you're just like shaking and you're terrified and you're in such high anxiety someone telling you also such jargon of words and complex vocabulary that you're also trying to take in and feeling like 
hysteroscopy, laparoscopy, these, that. Am I going to die? Like, yeah. oh, no. what does it all mean? What does it mean? <laughs> like, just tell me, like, how many months I have, doctor? Like, I don't know. <laughs> You're just safe. Like, going home and asking my partner, like, I don't know. I think I need to do this or, but I'm confused. And that's okay. Yes. I do want to just say your partner sounds like such an incredible person. And it sounds like yes. they show up for you and are, like you said, your safe place and stand up for you and advocate for you. And it just, it makes my heart so happy that you have someone like that in your life. It makes me emotional. I'm telling you, it really makes me emotional. Today's his birthday, actually. Oh, happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Today's his birthday. And yeah, like, I don't want to sound like cheesy or like make anyone feel uncomfortable talking about this, but I feel that everyone deserves this. And if you don't have this, don't settle for anything less. Don't like I didn't discover this until I found my partner. And it's it's life changing. Everyone deserves to have someone either as a partner or as a friend or like whoever that is, but that treats you as kindly as he treats me. Like one of the things that I have and I always tell people like one of the things that he did to me, and this might help you as well in your journey, is that we all have moments where we feel that like, because we can't have a normal, whatever normal looks like to you, life or schedule, or you cannot do this, or you can't, you couldn't do that, or you're, you're feeling worthless, right? Um, It's very important to me, for example, of language, it's words of affirmation and reassurance. So I ask, well, I didn't need to ask you then, but um, my partner made me a letter that I have always in my drawer. So when I have like those moments that I need to read it, I I read it again and like words matter. That's because also I, I do what I do, right? I'm a copywriter, words matter to me. And I tell this to everyone, that's why you have post-its in your wall reminding you like those affirmations that you need to know daily. That's important, like have, have that around you. And like, it matters, words matter. It matters how we talk to ourselves. It matters how we talk to the world and therefore how we talk to clients, how we talk to our partner. It matters. And it starts to how you treat yourself, how you talk to yourself. And this can really help you in one of those days. So highly recommend as well. I love like I'm going to cry now too. (laughs) Cry in a way. But you're right. You do deserve someone who is there for you. And that person is there, whether they are a family member, a friend, a partner, to have that safe person that is going to show up for you, support you. I just, I love that for you. I love that. I can agree though. I, my husband, I'm always saying, I'm like, you deserve a trophy because (laughs) the way he has shown up and advocates for me and is really there for me is something I never knew existed. Like you said, until you experience it, it's life-changing. And I know it sounds cheesy, but it really is. It really Yeah, it's not easy to deal like, and I don't want to put it out there as we are complicated or we are hard to love because it's nothing to do with that. No. But let's face it, like there's moments that are complicated and that your partner needs, like, needs to be prepared for that and needs mm-hmm. to be your rock. That doesn't mean I cannot be the rock sometimes or that I'm not strong. It means that like I need someone to stick for myself and to be there and bear with me in the hard moments. And maybe if you're with someone else, you don't have to, but being with me, you do. So I am thankful that you're willing to take on that as well, because that emotional roller coaster or that baggage that I have with me sometimes needs to be shared. And my partner takes on that baggage as well. So that's such a great way to put it. It's true. It's having those conversations. And I will say this time and time again, is communication is so important especially in a relationship of any kind. But when you have a partner and one of you or both of you are experiencing chronic illness, communication is super important. And it can make the world of a difference because it goes back to what you were talking about, even educating the people around you on the chronic illness. I know for myself, educating my friends and family on the spoon theory has been such a made such a difference because I'm explaining what I'm going through in a way that they understand that they can kind of grasp without all kind of the little details that maybe they won't understand as much. Mm-hmm. But now I it's 
it gets me emotional because my my core people in my life, like I have my core circle, and they talk to me in my language now, right? My girlfriend planned a trip and she said to me, she's like, okay, so I was really thinking about your spoons. So I have us doing this and then we're going to do a spoon-friendly dinner in. You know, it's just when you have those people around you and you allow them and show them what you need. Like you said, you have your safe kit, like a flare kit, right? To have yes. of what you do and to have all of that stuff there is so important. And also to have, and this is an exercise I do with my clients as well, is to create a list in your flare box of go-tos. So when you are in a flare, how can someone show up for you, right? So then let's say, for example, your partner, Patricia, right? Like they go in your safe kit and they know, okay, she's not doing well. I want to show up. Let me look at the list. Okay. One of the things is like the heating pad, right? Get my heating pad ready. Maybe take the pressure off and say, I'm going to make dinner, you know, taking that on without having to be asked to. Yes. Right? So having that, and I encourage you when you're listening, make a list for yourself of things that help you when you are in a flare or when you are in a pain time. Make a list because then when you are talking to your support system, because when they are your support system, they want to show up. They want to help you. But a lot of the times they just don't know how. So by sharing ways that they can help you and practical ways, maybe that is dropping off a meal. Maybe that is coming over, hanging out with you on the couch and doing your laundry, you know, different ways like that where they can show up for you. It's going to not only allow them to, it'll take pressure off of you and it will help with your relationship with that person as well. It'll help grow it stronger in that way. Yeah. And be ready to receive it because I also feel that like it's not easy or at least for people like me, I feel that there's, there's a pressure nowadays in society, of, especially in women, to to show up stronger than ever and be like, okay, I can be the CEO of my life and that means that I can work hard and do this and I don't need a man and I don't need anyone. And like, oh, I feel that when we, it's fantastic that we're trying to show ourselves in that way and all these like, I don't know, currents nowadays like came through feminism, like that's great. But I feel also that we don't need to prove anything to anyone. And that when we take on that, masculine superpower superwoman energy and trying to prove and show to herself like god it takes away a very important part which is being taken care of and being able to receive and nurture and like you know like we or at least me as women and like i i feel that like sometimes i don't let myself receive because i'm such a giving person and i'm someone that i'm very independent where i try to really be the stronger person for everyone else. So when you're in a position, literally, that you can't and that you're sitting in the couch, one thing is to ask for help or to have that kid, as you said. But the other thing is like, how are you feeling about it? Because like, that's the the, the deeper layer, right? Like the, the surface layer is like, okay, this is what you need to do and it will help you. But to me, the, that's the surface. The deeper layer is like, how are you feeling about it? Because it matters as much right? How are you feeling about it? Are you feeling guilty? Are you feeling that like you deserve this? Or for me, when someone would help me or make me a favor like that or doing your laundry, whatever, I'd feel that I, I owe them something like, oh, because I'm someone that always tries to be there for everyone that I don't allow myself to welcome or to receive that help. I feel almost that is wrong. Is that like, oh, now I need to make it up, right? No, there's no need for that. And Again, let me say it out loud because maybe you need this message and you need this permission to receive and it's okay. Like there's many ways to show love and empathy in a relationship. That doesn't mean that you need to make it up. This is, we're not six years old. This is not a balance. This is not, you did this, I need to do that, right? So be able to receive it, receive it. You deserve this. Say it with me. You deserve this. I'm going to receive it. I'm going to accept deserve this. this. And I, I deserve this. I will receive it. I exactly. love that. It's so true because that is such 
another part of it. And I go through this all the time as well. Even though, and like Patricia said before, like we go through this. We are women entrepreneurs on our way, making a life we love. But there's still moments that we go back and we're sitting there and we're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I can't make dinner tonight because I'm in a flare. Mm -hmm. Which Mm -hmm. brings us back to, I love how we're flowing. Like everything's just going in. It's perfect. Mindset. Mindset is your most, like the biggest part. I truly believe mindset is the biggest part and not being cheesy and being toxic positivity, not at all. But just going back and realizing, and you've brought up so many amazing points throughout this episode about mindset and how it really all comes back to that. It comes back to being gentle with yourself, giving yourself that care and compassion, and really looking at things and changing the story you're telling yourself. So instead of telling yourself, I'm lazy because I can't get up and make dinner. And now I owe making dinner the next time. Changing that story you tell yourself to be like, I'm honoring my body and resting. And I am so grateful to have someone in my life that wants to support me. Right? So changing those stories we tell ourselves. And I will say it now, and I say it all the time, it is an everyday journey. Every day you are continuously working on mindset because it's something that's always there. I, Patricia knows, I have sticky notes on my wall because sometimes I need to look at it and I need to realize my pain is real. I am worthy of rest and telling yourself these things every day. And if you go into those places that are more of the negative thinking or negative self-talk, Also, don't feel bad because what we are carrying is such a heavy load. We have a lot of baggage. So, and I don't mean baggage in a bad way. We just, it's there. It's our carry-on, our travel bag. But just being able to realize that it is okay and there is a safe place for you. And something like this podcast and being able to connect with other chronic illness warriors that are going through it and sharing it to help you not feel alone because I want you to know you are not alone. You are not alone. Please reach out if you ever need something because we never want anyone to feel alone on this journey. Yes. And like, well, I think I did it with you, but like sometimes you can feel the energy even through a screen. Mm -hmm. Like we don't need to be in person. So I... I encourage you to do the same, like reach out. I'm the type of person that like, I would send you an audio and like sometimes like we just, we just need to be like more caring and more kind, right? Like acts of kindness, they're free. And I feel that like the world would be such a better place. It it just cost me 30 seconds to send you maybe something that you really need to hear today. And maybe you'll do for me another day, like a virtual hug and like just sending you a positive message, you have no idea the impact that it could have on someone right, for that day. So if you need something, please reach out because I'd love to be your virtual bestie and having that boost for you. Like, I really want to that. Yeah. Yes, that is wonderful. And so true. Acts of kindness can cost zero dollars, can take mm-hmm. minimal amount of your time, but make massive impact. Okay, so we are going to circle back a little bit because something that you and I are both super passionate about and we connected on is breaking the stigma of entrepreneurship and realizing that you don't have to have a hustle culture. You don't have to put all your time and energy, drop all your spoons into a business to make it successful. You can build, our goal is to build a business or create an impact by using the least amount of energy to make the most impact or make a sustainable, successful business, it is possible. And I would love for you to share what are some ways that you do that? And like you said, filling your cup, taking rest days. How are you breaking that stigma even for yourself? Yes. So To me, 
a thing that helps me, it's slow mornings. Like, I am sorry, but I'm not part of that 5 a.m. club. <laughs> like, I know that like many people join that club. Congratulations. And not, that's, that's not me. Here's your ribbon. Yeah, yes. that's not me. And I am sorry. I, again, I had to work a lot on that stigma. I'm like, oh, you're not waking up at five or six or seven. <laughs> then maybe you're not doing enough. Or maybe you're not being enough. Or you're not doing this entrepreneur thing the right way. What's the right way, right? Like to me, I know that the, the morning is something almost sacred for me. And I needed to fill my cup first to give my best to the world. And so that starts on listening to myself. Usually the mornings for me, I wake up with nausea. I wake up with a lot of things. So why would I turn on my camera on a Zoom call at eight? I tried. I didn't give my best, right? So did I make myself a favor? Probably not. Did I really create something valuable with the other person? I'd like to think yes, but probably not, right? So it starts being a little bit real, like with yourself and be like, okay, what do I do? Like, listen to yourself, being introspective and know your energy. Uh, there's many tools nowadays to really know this. It can be like listening to this podcast or like it can be going to therapy. I've gone through coaching. I've gone through... Lately, I've even like started uh, knowing a little bit about human design. So Love it's, human design. <laughs> so again, I'm not saying this is the absolute truth for you. These are just tools that you have in your pocket to know yourself better and to realize how do I work better? How can I really navigate these waves of energy and being productive in a smart way? Work, work smarter, not harder, right? So to me, for example, if I know that I'm going to have a big call or a day where I put like something big, I don't put more things in the calendar. I don't. Because I like we need to realize when we look at our calendar that there's not only the hours that we are filling there. It's also the time and the energy that we need to recover afterwards. And that's something that no one talks about. It's just like, oh, I finished the meeting at 12. Then I can start the next one at 12.10 or whatever, right? Like whatever is your schedule looking like. No, in my case, I don't do that. Even though that hour is free, I know that if I have a meeting, I am drained after that. I'm the type of person because I know how much of myself I put out there. And because I am a highly sensitive person and I am just someone that feels very intensely for good and for bad, after that meeting, I'm going to be drained. So what do I do? I don't put anything before or after to prepare my energy. It's that, and that's being wise. Sometimes I feel that like, oh, I'm not taking my time to the best or I'm not making the most out of these three hours. I'm not being super efficient. Well, that's how efficiency looks for me. I need to prepare mentally for that call to give my best and just relax. And then I need to let that out and let that steam and maybe go out with my puppy and feeling grounded and feeling connected again and present and aligned, which is something very important to me that like I feel that I'm not in autopilot, just like boom, 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 boom. I am conscious. I am aligned. I am coherent with who I am and what I'm doing. So that's something that I do. Another thing that I do, well, again, if I, if I need to, I take the day off. And I had to like also fight a lot with People and opinions, because people are very opinionated nowadays, right? Everyone feels entitled to judge you and your journey, right? So when I started this company, I felt like I should be doing this. I should be doing that. And people are oh, you're an entrepreneur. I guess that you were working now on weekends too. No, I'm not. I guess you're working until 12 in the night every day and you're waking up at this time. No, I'm not. So, and I would think to myself sometimes, would that take me farther? Maybe. I don't know, but like, to be honest, it just, it's not going to work for me. It's just, I'm deciding not to. Like, the, I feel that like most of us, when you choose to be an entrepreneur, you're choosing like to have control over your life and you're choosing to work for a certain lifestyle. Most of the times, or at least for me, it's not about the money. It's not about this. It's not about that. It's about a lifestyle. So I try to create freedom. I try to create flexibility for my family one day, right? But at what cost, right? If we're hustling to get to from, from point A to point B, 
what are we sacrificing through the way? Because if I'm working so hard to have a family one day and being able to do this, but maybe when I'm going to point B, I don't even have a partner anymore because I didn't dedicate it time, right? Or because I got sick in the process and I overstimulated myself and I got out of my own way, right? Like then what's the point? We really need to be smart about this. And to me, yeah, I sometimes I work till five, sometimes I work till one, sometimes I work till seven. I am very intuitive. And sometimes I know that that doesn't work for everyone because schedules are useful and they're needed sometimes. But to me, I'm very intuitive in how I work because sometimes I feel that I'm in such a high peak of concentration and focus and full productivity and creativity because I'm someone very creative and I feel that spark. And maybe I work till seven in the night. I don't do that every day, but I can do that. But then the next day, I don't, right? So being intuitive, knowing your energy, being wise. For example, before, I would also put calls every day, right? Or not put calls, but like feeling that like my schedule was open and available for people to book calls. Now, I am trying not to do that because I know that if I have one call every single day, it just kind of stops my day and like it's not a, a wise way to work for me because I feel drained after. So I try to choose just one or two days during the week that have those calls and that in-person energy or even through the screen. And the rest of the days are for me. And I work however I want to. That looks like from the couch. That looks like from my desk. That looks like recording podcasts and audios while I walk, right? But I have that freedom. So that's something that I do. I take time with my puppy. I take time for re-energize with my partner. Rest is strategic. It's so important. When I pushed myself to not rest and do more than I can, then I get two weeks of my body shutting off and feeling like, you know what, Patricia, you didn't listen to me. So now you're going to be sick. So, <laughs> so it's just like even worse when I don't listen to those signs. If you really pay attention to yourself, your body communicates with you. So I need to listen and be like, you know what? Today looks like a Gilmore Girl type of morning. Sorry. And whoever is listening, feel free to judge if you want to. But to me, that's strategic. That's how I work. I needed those three hours so I could recover from the previous day, which I worked 12 hours in so many meetings. And if I don't do that, I burn out and I get sick and I get bloated and inflamed and I vomit and I have nights without sleep in the bathroom full of pain. You want that? Not really, right? So it's about being strategic with your own scheduled and intuitive and like know that rest is important and when you need to stop and what you need to do. And also try to think a little bit smarter when I have um, meetings with clients and we talk about methodology and how your process on the client journey looks like. And for example, I had a call with one person the other day and she has a business right now that she's starting and she does a lot of discovery calls. Those take a lot of energy. And we realized that in those discovery calls to initiating something, there was almost always the same questions and the same given information. So we thought, why don't we create like every week instead of like five discovery calls, one every Friday where people can join and it's a group coaching call where like people can learn about like your business and if they're interested, then they can go to the next round, but then you don't waste as much time. Or why don't we create a qualification form so you don't take as much calls with clients that they're not really ready and you don't waste your time. Are you qualifying those leads? Are you taking the time to make sure that your process, it's aligned and you're not wasting those resources? Or can we make a frequently asked questions spreadsheet that people can download instead of asking you the same questions over and over, like work smarter, not harder. So yes. those are some of the things that I do. <laughs> that is incredible. And a lot of it goes back to building systems Building yes. systems is huge and realizing that there's no right way. There's no right way to do this life. There's no right way to build a life that you love. Everybody's will look different. Every approach will look different to the way you will build your very own business if you choose. And something that you brought up that I just like to remind people of is we do not should all over ourselves here. Should is not a word we want to use. When it comes out, we take it back and we put in what feels good, what is aligned, what do we want to do? Yeah. Because when you focus on what you should do, you're ignoring 
like you said, your intuition. You're ignoring your gut. You're ignoring all of that. And it's not going to serve you. So just remember that building your own chronically fulfilled life is going to look different for every person. Yes. I have absolutely enjoyed chatting with you today. This is incredible. And I know everybody listening is just going to soak this up and get so much valuable information. But what I want you to share is now that we've talked about how you are able to build this business and take your life with chronic illness and incorporate a business and really build a life that is aligned, a life that you love, that is full. You have an incredible support system. Tell us about your business and how other chronic illness warriors can connect with you. Yes. So my business, it's called 12 Grapes. So I'm sure that we'll leave the information so everyone can find it out. I'll link it. Yeah. (laughs) And I am a copywriter and a communications strategist. So I help with work. As we were talking through this podcast, words matter. They really do. They're so important and starts how you talk to yourself, but it also starts on like how you talk with like to the world, right? Like it can create such a different experience. So I help people navigate that and choosing words that feel honest and that feel coherent and aligned with themselves. Just, yeah, like, well, in case no one knows what a copywriter is, because I feel that like I should go back to that first because there's still a lot of people and they don't know what copywriting is. Copywriting, it's persuasive writing. It's choosing the right words to um, promote or ignite sales to get to the customer to feel that connection that leads to sales or something else like to a better audience to a better something it's it's proven that there's certain words that they trigger us to feel connected and almost like to want something right that's studied in marketing so that's what i do i choose strategically like your business is no game right we're we're talking in here how to be smart and that starts with having a strategy and choosing words that really make you feel like you. There's a lot of people that tell me like, I don't feel comfortable selling myself or I don't know, like the website is not really me or I don't feel like identified. Then what are we doing here? We're really trying to showcase our most authentic selves, right? We're trying to say to you, be you, however that looks like. Create your journey, create your life first and your business around it and not the other way around. And that's what I work with my clients. I choose, I like, I, I help them choosing words that feel aligned, that feel that like no one needs to act as somebody they're not to, right? They don't need to be a certain persona or hide behind a mask because we're told that you need to be a certain way to be professional and you need to use professional jargon and complex structures. Now, that's the farthest truth from the reality just creates a huge gap between you and your audience so we're just gonna work to build something that feels your true brand identity and that you feel that you and your brand specialist and entrepreneur have a purpose that you're so much more than sales sales is the consequence right we're just here to really make sure that you feel good that you have a purpose that you're helping that you feel passionate about what you do and that your business and everything that you put out there truly represents you your website, your sales page, your social media. We're working in here to have coherence and alignment in our lives. If you're trying to be a person, but what you do or who you are and what you say are not on the same page, that creates a barrier that breaks all the empowerment that you've built working through, right? So we need to make sure that everything's aligned from your photography to your logo, your colors, your fonts, your website, everything. I work in coherence to make sure that everything is true and it's aligned with who you are. Thank you so much for sharing. Oh, it gets me so excited every time you talk about it. I love it. Well, thank you for listening and hanging out with Patricia and I today. We loved it. We hope you did too. And keep listening. Go on there, rate, like, share your thoughts, and send another Chronic Illness Bestie over if you think they'd like a listen. See you next time. Thank you so much for joining us and listening to this episode. 
If this episode inspired you or you connected with it, we would love to hear from you. Can you do us a favor? Take just two minutes to leave us a review. Your words can make the world of a difference on our podcast journey. We genuinely appreciate your support. Hit that subscribe button and click the plus sign at the top to follow us. That way you'll be the first to know when a new episode drops. Trust me, you won't want to miss the exciting content we have in store. Remember, you are not alone on this journey. Until next time, sending you love, hugs, and all the spoons.